Hey, Mark. Hey, Elaine. It's, <laughs> it's 2022. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Who did any? And other such things that we say every year. Can I ask you a question? Right. I mean, I'm not convinced that I really want you to, but go on, ask me the question. Everyone on these podcasts, when they do with it professionally, yeah, yeah, says like... Proper, proper people. Yeah, proper people. Say, do you think it's been a good year for film? <laughs> and they always say yes, no matter what happens. Like, you know, all the cinemas could close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, We could just get Grown Up 17. Is the only film that's been released all yet. Yeah, I think it's been... Yeah, it's been a really solid year for... Mm-hmm. Do you think it's been a good year for film? I think it's been a better year for going to see films or having seen films because I feel, well, put it this way, last year when we did this, I scraped together a top ten. You didn't. You scraped together a top five because you couldn't even get ten together. Yeah, well, okay. So I scraped together a top top five, but yeah, it was hard. Mm. And this year... I have managed to do a top ten without really thinking about it. So I've seen a lot more film. Yeah. This year, I'm not quite sure about quality, and I still think 1999 was a great year for film. <laughs> but I'm obsessed with living my life in the 90s. So yeah. It's okay, 1997 was the year <laughs> music peaked, and it's been going down ever since. So yeah, um, I don't think it's a particularly standout year. There's, mm. It's not something where I'm thinking. Well, we had this and that and that, you know. When I look at my top ten, there are a couple of things that I think, I mean, they're fine. They're fine films. But, yeah, they're, they're not all the best films I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. I think, Does that make sense? I think in the stellar years, I would have ten films that I've absolutely loved. Mm, mm-hmm. In this, I've got maybe seven films that I absolutely loved and three that I liked but have stayed with me. Oh, that's fa- I think this is going to be fascinating. Mm. I know that I've been laughing at you today because you've been like, every time I've like turned my laptop round, you've like, oh, don't let me see, don't let me see the list. I'm like, I really don't care what your list is, but now I'm a little bit more intrigued. <laughs> I'm glad that you've got yeah. some, you're not just going to be filing um, your nails while I'm talking. So how are we, how we going to do it? Are we going to do it the same as last year, but obviously with 10 rather than five? Same as last year. Yeah. Um. So we go through... If, from 10 to 1. From 10 to 1. Mm-hmm. We take it in turns. Yeah. And if it appears later... We do the same as... Um, we do the same as Mark Kermer does with his. And, yes, follow, following on for the professionals. Yes, yeah. So if a film that I mentioned, say, at number 10, appears later in yours, mm-hmm. um, we just give each other a nod and we will say, we'll and move we'll on and talk about it later. Okay. Otherwise, there's a bit of duplication. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. Okay, so do you want to go first? Uh, you can go first. Okay, let me let me just check what my number ten is. This is so funny, right? Because uh, everyone at home, sorry, when I just turn around to see what my list is, because I've balanced my laptop behind me, because Mark doesn't want to see what all of my my list is. So, um, the funny, <laughs> so funny right? Mark has spent so long on his list and has been prompting me to start mine for days now he's like you're gonna do your list you're gonna do your list and i found every single excuse in the book not to do this list from like getting the washing out of the washing machine the fact i'm looking after the child to that you know all of these things oh, i just i'm just watching him and he's like well i'll watch him i'll watch him i was like no no i'm in the middle of playing a game it's like, but you i'm looking at you mister you have spent so long on this that the fact i don't even know what my number 10 is just 
it really makes me giggle. Uh, well, I think there's... Right, so I think I need to justify my list as well because there are films that are better than than films that I have on mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. This my, is like your, the yeah, ones this, that you these, like. These are the ones that yeah. I... Yeah. Minari is a better film than half my list. Okay. And I, you know, would rate it higher in yeah. star ratings. But these are films that have stayed with me. I've had a lot of fun watching and would watch again, over, watch them all over Minari. Well, I'll do a, a disclaimer as well. I'm exactly the same as you. There are many, many films that I haven't seen this year as well. So I'm, you know, some of the, even the big blockbusters like Dune and Eternals and things like that, I've not seen. Mm. So mine is just, you know, films I have seen that I liked. Yeah, good. So at number 10, yes. we've got Nomadland. Okay, didn't appear on my list. It has been in in and out um, throughout the weeks that I've been working on this. Well, that's why my battery running low on my laptop. Anyone who knows so that knows this is going to be terrible, isn't it? Yeah, um, a great film. Yeah, I, I and just on that note of why have we put these films in this list, that really Nomadland springs to mind with that, in that I can recall scenes from Nomadland. Yeah. I can recall the way I felt at certain parts of the film, you know, when she's in the in a van and it's breaking down or she's having to have like a wee in the van and moments of the travelling lifestyle and the community and the camaraderie and the fact that many of the people within the film were real people from the nomadic community and I think it was I really felt it was like part documentary, part film. And as you know, anyone who listens to podcasts and Mark knows all too well, I love a documentary. Yes. So that style, I think, really, really appealed to me. And obviously Chloe Zhao, who then won the Oscar. And so it has all of that sort of round it as well. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad we got on yours because it was a film that should be mentioned. Mm. Yeah. Can I go on? Go on. So, what do I rate higher than a Oscar-winning masterpiece? It's a film that two-thirds of the way through, I was thinking, what the hell is this? And it's Malignant. Oh, Malignant? Yes. So, I thought you said Milligans, as yes. in like... Yeah, the sandwich shop the in sandwich Newcastle. Shop. Yeah, yeah. Right, Malignant. Malignant. Yes. Controversial. Absolutely ludicrous, this getting to my top ten. But the reason that it's here is it has the best third act of the year for me. It stayed with me I, as soon as it hit a certain point, and it's. I've heard it. I've heard people say it this week, and it's exact. They're exactly right. There was a point where someone parks a car in a position which no one would ever park a car. Not even me. No, 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 no. Okay. And you're like, oh, that's what it's doing. For the two thirds before that, I was thinking, is this a film within a film? Is this meant to be this shit? And it is. The this. Out scary movies, scary movie. Okay. It is a complete tongue-in-cheek parody of the 80s, early 90s, straight-to-VHS films. And it has an absolutely kick-ass last last third. Please watch this film. Me? Yeah. No, not you. No. <laughs> You'll hate it. Okay. You'll hate it. But listen, listener, please watch this film. If you have any interest in horror whatsoever, it is so much fun. And I apologise for the hatred you're going to give me <laughs> two thirds through it. But stick with it. Stick with it. I cannot imagine that Malignant has appeared in someone's top ten of the year. But, you know, you never know. Yeah, I know. I know. You're very unique, my darling. Yes. Um, 
My number nine, am I, am I alright yeah. to go into that? My number nine is Sir Ridley Scott's The Last Jewel, which okay. I really enjoyed. I did have some problems with it. There were parts of it where I thought, is this meant to be this funny? And I don't think that is the case, having listened to other people's reviews, because other people seem to think that Ben Affleck and um, Matt Damon were a different film to the one that I saw. But I really love the central performance by Jodie Comer. I really liked that. I mean, everyone's talked about Rashomon on all of the reviews. Yeah. I still don't really understand it. But anyway, this 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 idea of Sorry, seeing... I really want to explain Rashomon <laughs> know, to you now, which I realise would be mansplaining to the nth degree. And I, 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 I'm only I'm playing up a little bit. Like I do kind of get it. But yeah. in my world, let's just call it looking at the story from different points of view. There we go. That's how yeah. we can tell. Yeah, and that's what I liked about it. With the... With the and there's been some controversy around this film in terms of people really i think misreading what it is trying to do i don't think ridley scott or the writers in any way shape or form are trying to do what some people are saying and and being misogynistic i think they're absolutely showing you what happened what truly happened in this story and presenting to you how men can see things through a particular lens when it comes to women. So perhaps thinking a woman is more excited about things than she potentially is. Yeah. And then seeing through the woman's eyes and really understanding how you know a patriarchal structure affects all all aspects of life. And whilst it is a film that's um, based in medieval times, there is so much to say about now, which is a shame. There's, yeah. You know, it's sad that it has so much to say about today's day i would really like you to watch it it's on um, i 100 will yeah watch this. it's on disney plus now isn't it yeah i love i love these films and mm-hmm. the way that, that like these sort of films there's an episode of the simpsons which is like this as okay. well where it's different things um the fourth series of rest of development also tried to do this okay. and that didn't work but yeah it took me a while to get into it so anyone who hasn't seen the last jewel and is thinking about going to see you know it really took me a while and actually i think i said on our review of it for the first sort of like 20 minutes or so, I was thinking, this is terrible, but I I really got into it. And once Jodie Comer arrives, that's really what a beautiful performance. And I think she deserves all plaudits that should come to her. Brilliant. Your number nine? Um, I'm going to use the full title. Mm? Uh, Summer of Soul, open brackets, or when the revolution could not be televised, close brackets. So this is quite an unknown film. I don't think it's necessarily um, spread to the mainstream, so I'll just give a bit of context. This is a documentary about the 1969 Harlem Cultural Festival. It's a um, festival, music festival that ran six weekends, the same summer as Woodstock. Um, it, the whole thing was filmed, and no one wanted to pick it up. To, it wants to be televised, but no one would pick it up because basically racism at the time um, yeah. they, this includes performances by Stevie Wonder, Nina Simone, Sly and the Family Stone Gladys Knight and the Pips and if you were just to take the musical performances this would be an amazing documentary but what you also get is you get the context around the time of this is what was happening in the world this is what was happening in New York at the time um, this is where racism was and these are the events that led to this becoming such a big festival and you can see there's hundreds of thousands of people in this park in Harlem just watching this what you also get is in the modern day it, the the remastered footage is cut in with 
interviews in modern time with the performers so Gladys Knight's interviewed talking about like, what it meant to her to be doing this but also people who were just there who swear blind that when they were a kid went to this cultural festival with hundred thousands of people but can't find any reference to it on the internet it's amazing it's on Disney Plus um, and Disney Plus had a great year for film yeah. I learned something and I love the music performances and I welled up when there's people going I finally realised I'm not going mad and the way I remember this is exactly how it happened. It's such a beautiful documentary. I really, really tell people to watch it because mm-hmm. it's so, so good. I suspect that's not on your list. No, no, because I didn't say it. Yeah. But I would like to. Yeah. It's one of those where I think I need to sit and really have the time to take it all in. Yeah. Okay. Your number eight. My number eight. I'm, a, I'm kind of... Hmm, I'm not sure it should be at number eight now. Maybe I should have spent a bit more time on my list. <laughs> but I know why I've put it in there. I know why I've put it above something like The Last Jewel. And it, I'll tell you what it is first, and then I'll explain why. So it's Candyman, the late, latest version. The obviously, obviously the 2021 yeah. version, because it's films of 2021. Yes, not you on didn't, my list. You so didn't yeah. need me to explain that. Please carry on. The, I had problems with the film. We did a full podcast about it where yeah. we essentially ripped it apart. So, um, you know, you might think, why is it at number eight? And I think it's because we did that rewatch of the original film. Yeah. And then we went straight to see this sequel. I also think that it has some really interesting performances, particularly from Yahya Abdul-Mateen II. I think he's a really compelling presence. We've seen him in The Matrix Resurrections. And Candyman not, is not his best film list. of the year. <laughs> not on the list. Uh, so, yeah, I think there is so much to say. The film has so much to say, and it doesn't necessarily say it in the way that I anticipated. I think there might be some issues with the execution but I still think it's an important film and it takes some of the problematic elements with the original and moves it forward for our contemporary times and it's a film that just has something to say bringing it up to date and looking at it in in a contemporary fashion so absolutely whilst you know we laughed at the time didn't we about the other um there were things about gentrification and things like that. There's yeah. still important points and there's still things that we, we should talk about. So it, it is Candyman for 2021, but realistically in my mind, what I've done is I've conflated the that experience of watching the original Candyman then going into the sequel. And also for me, a horror film that I like, horror films do not float my boat whatsoever. So I'm. A, I, it's almost like I'm putting it at number eight. Cause I'm like, look, I went to see a horror by myself late yes. at night. Well so, done. Yeah. You're yeah. number eight. This is another ludicrous one <laughs> um, and won't be on a lot of people's top tens of the year. But this is Free Guy. You've mentioned Free Guy a lot recently. It's, so it's really it's stayed been with on my you, It really has. Um, it, just, it just stuck with me. Um, this is the best film this year about someone realising they are trapped inside a, a, a simulation in a computer game. And I'll leave that at that. Um, so I think the central conceit of Ryan Reynolds being a non-playable character inside a computer game is, is just really interesting. It's not something I'd seen before. I went into this and learned very, very little, and I think that probably helped. Um, so if you've listened to this review, you probably are a disadvantage to me on this. But I had reservations about Ryan Reynolds' performance. I had real reservations about um, Taika Waititi's role in this. But I really enjoyed the relationship between Jodie Comer and Steve from Stranger Things. Mm. Um, And then 
I listened to the Cinemiles review of this and they had real problems with the relationship between Jodie Comer and ah. Steve from Stranger Things. Sorry, I don't know his name. <laughs> but they really enjoyed Ryan Reynolds' performance and Taika Waititi. And you didn't like So Taika this shows Waititi, it's yeah. clearly the greatest film ever made yeah. because uh, it, it's something for everyone. Um, yeah, it's on Disney Plus now, which is like so many of these films. Uh, really check it out. It's a lot of fun. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. My number seven, you haven't seen, it's Bo Burnham's Inside. Okay. Which is part documentary, part creative moment, part meme, part song book. I mean, it's it's amazing. I've heard some people who've said that it's incredibly contrived, that what he's presenting as essentially a year in the life, which is in, yeah. in, a, in a room, is a complete fantasy because... He, it's you know he, he clearly wasn't just in there all the time his girlfriend lived with him you know all of these sorts of things I've seen people really try and break it apart but I, th- I think it's a really interesting representation of what it is to have mental health illness and it I saw it really as a narrative on depression okay um whether he intended it to be that or not he does talk about mental health illness and things that things that happen to him both in the songs and in the performance itself. I thought it was just creative genius and I found him and it's almost like this unraveling this 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 sense of watching someone unravel it's not something that I'm going to revisit quickly because I found myself getting low and feeling low and taking on all the feelings that he was um sending through the tv screen so yes it's not something I'm going to re- revisit but I have thought about it a lot and I yes. listen to the songs all the time. There's one song in particular that come up really, really high on my Spotify end of year. These are all the songs that you've listened to. List. Yeah, it keeps on coming up on our shared playlist mm. and I skip them because I still need to catch up on you, this. And, yeah. I think, and I didn't really know much about Bob Burnham at all. And then I became slightly obsessed with him and certainly obsessed with what he, he speaks about just not, being able to go on stage anymore and suddenly just having a moment where he's just unable to do what he had been doing for years and that really stuck with me and then think about how do you come back from that and you know there's this idea that he was he was going to come back and then the pandemic hit and then what what do you do so all of those I, I find him fascinating as a creative force and he's still dead young like it's yeah. so like galling <laughs> you and look at it, like what I did really good um directing on eighth grade mm. um written and directed by him i believe mm. um from a couple of years ago yeah so, i remember you watching that yeah that's a really really good film but yeah again like sort of a documentary style film and i, I just loved it good I'll, I'll, another one i will definitely you definitely de- check you absolutely out need yeah. to see because i i don't know whether you'd absolutely hate it <laughs> your number seven please Speaking of films that you would like, but you would claim to actually hate. Okay. Um, so this is one that's probably need a bit more context, but my number seven is Annette. Annette? Yes. Annette. Do you know Why anything do... about this? Oh, is this something to do with a band called Sparks? Yes. Right, so I've clearly heard people talking about it on yeah. all the many, many podcasts that we listen to. This is a film starring Adam Driver and Marianne Cotillard. Oh. Adam Driver plays a world-famous uh, comedian, kind of confrontational comedian, right. like, um, kind of ch- tries to challenge his audience, a bit like, um, 
who's his name? Bill Bill Hicks. Oh, Bill Hicks. Yeah, 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 I understand. Yeah. yeah. Um, Marion Cotillard plays an up-and-coming opera singer, uh-huh. world-famous opera singer, but yeah, she's she certainly Edith below here? him. No, no, she's not part of the resistance. Um, they are in a relationship and they have a child together. Was um, Edith PF part of the resistance? That's part, not part of the, not part of this film, honey. Okay, sorry, sorry, carry on. Um, they have a child together, which in this film is played by a marionette. Um, in some, right. yeah. Okay. Um, also, should add this is a this is a full on musical. Almost an opera because there's very little spoken word in this, and all the songs are written by Sparks. I really want to sing "You Should Regret the Rain," but I'm not <laughs> going to carry on. Okay, so Sparks is this band that I had never heard of really? until very, very recently, when they seem to have just appeared in the. Zeitgeist. They've had a hell of a year because there's also the documentary by Edgar Wright yes. about them. They are an American band that's very British mm. in style. Yeah, they did. Um, this town ain't big enough for yeah, the both that, of that, us. That is it. That's all I know. They were a band that I didn't really care about until having seen this film and I've sort of investigated their their works. Have you seen the Edgar Wright documentary? Not yet, no, okay. but I will do. Uh, I will do after seeing this. Mm-hmm. Um, this starts with a song called So May We Start, which is my song of the year. It is. It must 100% appear in our shared playlist oh, maybe, on Spotify. Maybe, I, I, I might have like skipped over it or and something. And it's so well staged. I noticed today that it's been picked in the long list for Best Original Song at the Oscars. Oh. And I really hope it gets nominated because yeah. I cannot wait to see Sparks <laughs> and Marion Cotillard and Adam Driver and Simon Helberg from The Big Bang Theory and perform the this at the Oscars. The marionette isn't involved at oh. this point. It's so absolutely pints. batshit crazy mm-hmm. and it doesn't go the places you expect it to. But it is amazing, and it is one hundred percent stuck with me. So this is why I have. Uh, That's why it's number seven on my list. Can't do number six because my laptop's turned off. I've got to get the chat. Back for number six. Back fully, for number six. fully charged. Uh, speaking of Bo Burnham, which was my 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 last one, uh, Promising Young Woman. Okay, number six. Well, we can't talk about that because that's later on my list. Okay, lovely. Um, my number six mm-hmm. is Promising Young Woman. <laughs> oh, you tease. <laughs> you tease. All right, do you want to explain the premise of Promising Young Woman? Because uh, I find it really hard. So, Promising Young Woman is... Oh, it's, it's, like, it's difficult, isn't it? I've called it a revenge drama following a traumatic incident in... Kerry Mulligan's character's life. Yeah, Kerry Mulligan has had a bad experience at college, Mm. uh, which has affected her life. She is the titular promising young woman. Mm. Um, Which is a play on promising young man, which is often used in cases where men have been accused of sexual assault, rape, and someone is that, oh, he's got such such a promising young man. He's got such, you know, we can't send him away or, Mm. you know, to prison or or do anything bad to him because he's got all these wonderful things to happen in his life going forward. Yeah. During the duration of the film, she meets Bo Burnham and starts to date him. And they have a lovely relationship. They do. And I was rooting for them Mm -hmm. all the way through. Mm -hmm. This is, uh, this still breaks my heart, this film. Do you... Do you still think about the? Because I remember at the time you were really affected by it. Watching, because obviously it's Emerald 
Fennel. I think people call her Fennel or Fennel. I call her Fennel. But yeah, she tests Vanessa. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's her film, written and directed. I best know her as Camilla in in The Crown, which I'm sure she hates now because she's obviously like Oscar yes. winner and all. Of, is she a winner? Did she? Yeah, win she won best yeah, yeah, she did, didn't she? Yeah. So all of that sort of thing has has come and and gone for her, but it, it's clearly a film that is trying to open your eyes to a number of things and you said that you had a, a quite a visceral response to this film oh, yeah. as a as a, a a man in his 40s thinking back to if you went out yeah in clubs and went to college in the 90s mm. you know you, you would have this, seen this th- this will make happen. you question yeah. what happens yeah, what yeah, happens yeah. and you know like i've heard a lot of people say the same thing mm. um it's you know it, I think this is absolutely genius mm. and it would be higher were it not for the fact it falls apart in the last 10 minutes yes, for me. Yeah, same which, for me. Yeah. Um, it, it was five stars all the way to, mm-hmm. to the point it wasn't, mm-hmm. which is a shame, but yeah. I don't think it spoils it. Oh, it doesn't take I, anything away. No. And I, th- I think it's a controversial ending. I think it's an ending that can be taken in a number of different yeah. ways. There, there are many women who I really respect and read their reviews and they looked at it totally differently from the way that I, I felt not let down but you know i just felt like oh i didn't want it to be like that and then other people said no this is exactly the way it should be and this this is why so people i respect have have gone down that that route but yeah i i I thought it i'm I'm looking at the rest of it i thought it might be higher at the beginning of the year when when we saw it uh, but other things have come along that maybe i've enjoyed a little bit more okay well, it's officially the sixth best film of the <laughs> yeah, year. Of course it is. Because we're, we're both, both in yeah, agreement. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you need to do your fifth best film. So my fifth best film is Judas and the Black Messiah, which is Daniel Kluwer and Lakeith Stanfield and Dominic Fishback, who is my MVP of this film. I think she's a beautiful actor. And sorry, are you looking at? It's not on my list. But, it's uh, not all right. Okay, no, you're no, just no. giving it, me it a look. It would be nice to be offered, you know, the chance. <laughs> it was on my long list and quite easily could have stuck in there. Yeah. Um, I we watched this early in the year. Yeah. And un- I didn't realize it was this year mm-hmm. um, until I sort of started assembling my list, mm-hmm. and I've not really thought about it. So that's why I didn't quite make the list. But yeah. I'm, Absolutely delighted that it's on yours. Yeah, and again, this is a true story of Fred Hampton, who was the chairman of the Black Panthers in Illinois. So, you know, we're we're looking at a period of history that I didn't really know very much about. I learned more in this film about the history of the Black Panthers, about the work that they were doing in the community than I have in any other film. You know, Mm. often you see sort of a snippet of uh, the Black Panther Party, and it's not necessarily shown in the greatest of, of lights. So I, I, I don't, I, rem- I don't remember seeing a, a film like this that really goes into such detail and depth about the day-to-day activities of that party. They and provided the way security that they... at the Harlem Cultural Festival of 1969. Oh, did they? <laughs> did they Spoilers. <laughs> but you know those those. Those moments where you see people supporting education, where you see people giving, um, you know, clothing and 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 do it socially, working for the community, and yeah. I thought it really, whilst having a, a thriller, and I'm going to put that in inverted commas element to it, 
in that there is someone who becomes involved in the party that perhaps doesn't have the best interests of the party at heart. Not going into it. I know it's a true story, yeah. but I don't want to go into anything there. But, you know, the, there are these sort of um, thriller elements to it. The, the bit that I really took away was really learning about Fred Hampton, learning about the people who were involved in, in the party with him and really being educated about that that time in history. And still being educated right up until the... It's one of them films with closing text. Mm. And we were like, there was some facts that are revealed about yes. there where we're like, what? Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and having seen also, seen some things with the with the, the family of Fred Hampton, his son um, in particular, who I think is, is, is the chairman yes. um, now. And that real sense of being able to tell a story that is really important to that family, that's really important from a historical perspective and being able to tell it well. I really like that about it. This was their story and they yeah. were able to to put that forward. Oh, where, where are we up to? <laughs> number five. My number five. Number five. You're number five, right? Yeah. I need to look at you at this one. Oh. My number five is Last Night in Soho. Nope. Uh, you can't speak about that yet. Uh, right. Sorry. I thought you were going to say it's not on your list. I was like, wow, that's... You know, uh, not yeah. yet. Right. So, um, my number five is... No, no, oh, no you've my, just done I've your done number five. five. I've done five. My number four. That's why you need to number your list. <laughs> I know. Spend a bit of time on it. I'm literally turning around. Uh, number four is Spider-Man No Way Home. Okay, that's interesting. Because what? Is it on your list? My number four is Spider-Man No oh, Way Home. Oh, right, okay. It's the best Marvel film of the year. Yeah, I, I think it's one of the best Marvel films I've ever seen, but then I don't really remember the other ones. I would put it in the top five. Mm-hmm. Um, which is no mean feat. I can't quite... Do you think it's the best Spider-Man? It's Even the including best it's the best sort of Spider-Man. the other versions of Spider-Man. I Even would... like the Maguires and things like that. I love Spider-Man 1 and 2. Mm. And Spider-Man 1 and 2 are conventionally great yes. films. Yeah, Whereas this... And we've just done a half an hour yeah, yeah. podcast on this, so I would refer to people to that if you want a greater insight on this. Mm. But this uses every smoke and mirror technique to... And I am, that being yeah, the first of it, these. Yeah. yeah, I loved it. I was in the first performance of the day in Newcastle. <laughs> everyone cheered at points. Everyone gassed at points. Um, yeah, I, I, I... It was just a really fun ride, wasn't yes. it? And I think when you're looking at the best films of the year, it's probably not one of the best films of the year in terms of, you know, if you... if I Well, if I look at a, a piece of art like Judas and the Black Messiah, and then I, you know, I can... It has different qualities to Spider-Man, you know, the big, bold blockbuster Spider-Man with some of the funny lines. and But I really enjoyed it. I think this is objectively a great, a well-made film. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I would disagree with that. that it's, yeah. Well, no, I'm not saying that it's not a badly made film. I'm just saying that in terms of... Uh, I suppose it's the, the, the feel of it. Yeah. The feel of a film like Judas and the Black Messiah is very different it's a bit more it's more popcorn-y isn't it Spider-Man yeah. so that's what I'm saying is you know there's no, it doesn't have the weight that a true crime sort of epic true crime story of I'm just comparing it to this one that I've yes, put before yeah. but you know it, I, it's a little bit more throwaway is what I'm saying but I really enjoyed it <sighs> well movie snob <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Go on, go, go subscribe to your movie, and I'll uh, I'll stick to Disney Plus. We've got movie anyway. I know I love movie. It's uh, yeah. Please sponsor us, movie. <laughs> oh, that'd be lovely. Thanks for that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I think. Well. 
don't it's think great. We, I don't think we need to. We don't need to go up. into it because it's we've made just more done a, money. Yeah. It's the first billion dollar film for two years, and like you say, we have just done a full episode on it. So please see earlier episode. Yeah. So what's your number three? My number three. Hang on. Oh, you'll love this. My number three is Val. I'm, I bet I'm... it's he's not on your list. He's not, because I've not seen it yet. You've not seen it yet, but I don't think it would be on our list anyway. No, no, but I'm I'm glad that it was a film that you were really looking forward to, and mm-hmm. I'm glad that it hit home with you. Yeah, it did. It did yeah. everything that I wanted to do, and more. A, a little bit with Spider-Man, we've, we've recently reviewed it, so a couple of episodes back, you will hear me go on for longer than is necessary about this documentary that is made by Val Kilmer and his family, yeah. because his family uh, often speak for him because he's unable to speak clearly at the moment because he's had um, a number of illnesses and he is is looking back on his life it's a documentary looking back on his life and gives you some fantastic insight into some of the major films that he's been in things with you know there's behind the scenes footage with brando which you just think wow and he's had all of this footage in a storage facility for years and then it's not just what you're seeing it's the way it's put together as well i think it's really beautifully edited uses a lot of his art because he's an artist now he does a lot of artwork and I just, I just loved it. An insight into into a into a man, a man who wanted to be a, an actor, who was very much uh, schooled in Juilliard, you know, the the, the very famous um, acting school, and wanted to play the Dane, you know, and 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 videoed himself for hours and hours, just going through Hamlet over and over and over again, and so you know, a very serious man, maybe a very misunderstood man, but really looking at the at someone's life and i just i love that a bit like the bo burnham thing but uh, obviously wider and broader and bigger yeah it obviously really speaks to me these sorts of things so uh my my number three is val which i'm really happy about good I'm, I'm i'm glad it worked for you like you said you were you were a one-man um yes petition on twitter to try I, and I know. find out when it was coming and is you. it and now it yeah. now i've seen it and i'm a bit sad that it's all over oh well yeah yeah <laughs> My number Your number three. Th- my number three is The Father. Oh, Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins' Oscar-winning performance. Yeah. And rightly so. Okay. I know that it's quite in- inconvenient when you've set the entire ceremony up for <laughs> Ch- Chadwick yeah. Boseman to win the Oscar. Yeah, and then Anthony comes bobbling along. Yeah, it doesn't, and not and even doesn't there. It doesn't even turn up, yeah. yeah. But this is stunning. This is an insight into the life of someone with dementia from the point of view of someone living with dementia and also the point of view of people living around them, the friends, the family, the carers around them. And this is so uniquely made and so well put together. I know that you are aware of how this is done. Yes, I, yeah, I am. Um, Only I'm, bits of it. And, and I'm, I'm not, bit... go- I'm not mm. going to go into it too much mm. because I, I knew bits of it as well and I think it works better for... It is incredibly uncomfortable viewing at times. Uh. It makes you uneasy. And purposefully so, because that that is the how this film depicts life mm. life with dementia. Um, it has stayed with me. It is funny at points, and you know, well, life, there is, life, yeah, is, funny, life yeah. is funny. Life is funny no matter what's um, happening in your life. Yeah, but this is one of the finest British actors putting on an absolute masterclass, mm-hmm. and yeah, absolutely. I went in going. I can't, oh, it's just a shame. It's a shame because it would have made such a great story. I left thinking, 
Well done, Tony. Yeah, yeah, you've, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, I, you've done I that one. I haven't been able to see this because I wasn't able to go at the time that I was out at the cinema. Mm. Is it on anywhere? I haven't. It's seen not on it anywhere. anywhere. I've just, I've just yeah. double checked it. Because um, I would you were, really love to yeah. see this, particularly because I've heard criticism of this film that it's stagey, and I love a film that's stagey, like anything that could yeah. be a theatrical performance, like you mm. know, and I mean that in the sense of treading the boards yeah i love stuff like that so i would and really like to yeah, see it. this could make i think this was a stage play mm, that's on, right yeah. yeah i think that's the criticism um, of it and it's yeah it definitely presents itself that way mm-hmm. but it it worked to me on every level so yeah uh absolutely your number two my number two is last night in soho wow so we are there for 90 percent of this film it was going to be my number one okay it the last 20 the last minutes little... didn't quite work for mm. me. But what fun I had getting oh, there. Oh, yeah. We loved it, didn't we? Like, we were in the 60s. Yeah. Um, I still remember her running out and seeing that Thunderball. I mean, that what a shot. That thund- the Thunderball The Thunderball poster. poster yeah. I just will always remember in that film. And, you know, it's a film that takes you back in time. It's a film that looks at nostalgia, which we are, we are big big adorers of nostalgia and nostalgia hounds aren't we yeah and it also that but not just living in the 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 60s looking at contemporary life as well and being a bit of a dreamer and i just all of those ideas and, and not fitting in as well i think as someone who works in a higher education as well i come across a lot of people who go to university just like the the main character in this that goes to university and maybe feels that they don't fit in or they thought it was going to be a different experience than it was yeah. and i'd see um and and have experience of feeling like an outsider in where everyone seems to be this homogenous group and actually you you're like no i don't want to sit in the party until four o'clock in the morning. I want to go and sit and listen to Silla Black in my room in the quiet. All of that, I really uh, resonates with me, and I know it does with a number of other people within that within that experience. Absolutely, um, I. Oh, I Thompson McKenzie mm, is just I love her. unbelievable in everything I've seen mm-hmm. her in, and carries us on. She's going to be an absolute star. I didn't realise that she because you on our um, our episode when we reviewed it, you told me she was from like New Zealand or something like that, didn't you? Yeah, she's from New Zealand. Which I, I didn't know. I thought her British accent was brilliant. So she was in Jojo Rabbit, mm-hmm. um, which obviously there's a New Zealand connection there with um, uh, Taika Waititi. Yeah. The first thing I saw in was Leaving a Trace, which is this really small film um, that was out a few years ago of her and Ben Foster um, essentially living like a, a forest life. Um, and it goes on from there. And she's so good in that. And she is developing into such a good... Um, Screen pre- what yeah. a screen presence, yeah. Um, I mean, she was in Old this year, which is Only for not bit, on though, my list. She? Yeah, for like two scenes. You said it was just a bit wasted. Absolutely wasted. Mm-hmm. But And obviously it's the, the last performance of the late Dame Diana Rigg. Who Abs- yeah. Absolutely, I, I know from a TV film um, of the worst witch books by Jill Murphy and she played um mm. one of the one of the Miss Miss Hardbroom. And so I've known her since that. I know everyone else knows what an her. Unfortunate name, yeah. Mrs. Hardbroom. Miss Hard it was Miss like, yeah, Miss Hardbroom. Mm. But she gets to hang around with Tim Curry, who's the Grand High Wizard. So it's very exciting for her, I think. Um but yeah, I knew her and obviously people know her a different generation now know her for Game of Thrones and things like that. But I always rem- remember her for, for that performance as as a child. So um so really lovely to see her have uh, a role 
in, yeah. the, in this, this film as the um, person, the landlady, isn't she? So uh, yeah. not not of a pub, um, but you know, a landlady in in terms of uh, renting out a room. So yeah, that I was I was really pleased to see her in that. And what a year for Anya Taylor Joy as oh, well. God, yeah, what a what a woman. I mean, she is just amazing. Like you cannot take your eyes off her, can you? Like the charisma just sort of just pops out of her eyes. Between this and the Queen's Gambit, yeah. I mean, she's had such a year. And... and you forget what other stuff she's been in. She's been, she was in that, um, that M. Night Shyamalan film. What's it? Um, with... Glass. Yeah, thank you. I was trying to think of um, James, what's his Glass face? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. James McAvoy's name there. But yeah, and like, totally different. Per- I, I realised that's like That's acting, my, my dear. Yeah. <laughs> I know it is. I mean, she is obviously she's going to go into so much. I mean, she's in. Um, and she's so young as well; like she could do anything she likes. She's in the Northman next year, which looks okay, really interesting. Yeah. Um, she's also in Super Mario Brothers the movie. I mean, Princess she might Peach, she might need so. a bit of a break, poor woman. So she's doing a lot. Ah, get your money in while you can. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a short career. But... I'm just thinking: does that mean our number one's the same? Then it must our number one must be the same. Um, I've still got two to go. That was your number two. Was that my number two? Yes. And you haven't done your number two? I've done my number two. Oh, go go for your... I don't want to say number... Go for your number two again, Mark. (laughs) My number two is Sound of Metal. Okay, so I haven't seen Sound of Metal. Yeah. Um, First film by Darius Marder um, with Riz Ahmed playing Ruben, who is a drummer in a band and a recovering addict. Um, he wakes up one day having lost his hearing. Mm-hmm. It, it, of course, I love this film because it's the, the second best film of the year for me. Um, this, as someone with some insight into the deaf community, this touched me in so many ways. The point is that no one's a baddie in this. Mm-hmm. Everyone is acting in their best intentions. Mm-hmm. And I think with so many of these films, you're expecting someone to break bad at some point and do something wrong. And you're expecting a certain person to walk through the door or a certain person to hook up with someone who they shouldn't or something like that. Spoilers, that doesn't happen in this film. It's just a beautiful journey into someone who's really struggling to adapt to a new way of life. Um, Olivia Cook, I I am in love with and didn't recognise right. her halfway through this film. Uh, Lauren Ridloff, um, who I have spoke about in The Eternals and Walking Dead, I am also in love with, and is amazing. Hmm. Got in a this. lot of love to give at the minute, love. Yeah, Paul Racy um, plays a mentor to Ruben, and he is a jobbing actor in his seventies who was brought up as a hearing child of two deaf parents in in real ah, life. Okay. He absolutely brings it in this film and mm-hmm. managed to get an Oscar nomination from it. And I remember in, that, at yeah. At 70, it's such a brilliant performance and such such heart and such sympathy and such... Oh, I, 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 for a long time, I wanted to watch this film mm-hmm. and say every spare moment... You did I say to me, yeah, to do I don't, I don't know if think you were in the mood. For I, I think it. it's too close yeah. in in terms of our our ex, our experience. So it's, I would say it's not it's, the film you think it's okay. going to be. I found it incredibly, incredibly positive, mm-hmm. and 
I was in tears about four times through this film, mm-hmm. which isn't. A well, I think that might thing. be the problem. I don't. Yeah. I, th- I think it's going to have lots of things to say about about being deaf and and having hearing loss. But and maybe tears, I'm just not quite no, there. No, the tears for it. were not sad tears. Mm-hmm. The tears are light, life affirming. This film. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, yeah. I think it's good. It, I'm not saying that it's going to be a negative um, portrayal or something that's going to make me, you know, one of those sort of like weepy, weepy or you know, woe is me sort of. You know, I've had this thing happen to me sort yeah. of film. What I'm what I'm saying is I might find that level of life affirmingness just a bit too hard. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't think I can... How think can I can find say. something so positive hard? <laughs> no, I'm not saying so positive, but sometimes those things touch you in a way that you, you don't quite... I, I, don't, I don't want to be emotionally touched is what I'm saying. It's like, I, ju- I just want... Well, I, there's, I'm sick there's of, a title of your autobiography. Yeah, yeah, I, do, I kind of just you want to be yeah, a robot I want to yeah I'm quite happy in my little world of robotics thanks very much but yeah I understand what you're saying I do understand what you're saying and maybe I just need to be in the right moment it's a beautiful film and in any other year I think it would be number one however however I think we've managed to pick the same number one I think we have unless you've made a huge mistake and forgotten a film nope. or I've made a huge film mistake and forgotten a film nope I think we've got the same the same uh, the same film. Well, do you want to go your number one? My number one is Palm Springs. That is my number one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it's actually one of our favorite one of our one of my favorite episodes of ours from this year. Yeah. And it was the episode that I picked when M from Verbal Diorama came and um, asked us to pick a an episode to put up when we were very unsurprised. <laughs> When we were incredibly, surprisingly, and running around the kitchen for about three years, British Film Podcast of the Week for film stories. I'm still saying that in an incredulous voice because I'm still like a little bit overawed by it all. But anyway, yes, I picked the Palm Springs episode as a sort of a, this is what we kind of sound like. I think that's, Mm. well, I think that, I think the joys of that is the fact that you know nothing about this going in. Yeah. And I think that really helped my experience as well. Yeah. Um, I've it. since watched it again. Oh, have uh, you? Yeah, not not like I've had it on recently. Um, I was off work, and I think I was looking after Blake, mm-hmm. and so I just put it on in the background. Just, and it works even better the second time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't think we should really. I don't want to go into anything about it. Yeah. To be honest with you, because I think it works best known yeah. as little as possible. Yeah. Um, and it was just one of those films we just we just shoved it on. We had heard it. Yeah, I think you had heard about it more oh, than I, knew I had. Oh, I everything about so, it, and yeah. I've been waiting for but nine I months for it to of, come out. I had sort of heard of it on the grapevine as well, saying, yeah. "Oh, there's this film." I mean, I'm so in love with it. I like really want to get a poster. We're we're doing our living room at the minute, and like it, it's going to take all of my might not to just put a great big palm film. Palm Springs, get me teeth then. Palm Springs film poster up right in the centre, you know, above the above the sofa. So yeah, I just absolutely love it. I keep looking out for like t-shirts and things like that with it. I find the central performances just stunning. So funny and yet so melancholic. So much to say about life and things that you've done and regrets and making a new life with someone you know all of those those things that yeah. like, really hit me in particular although i was absolutely emotionally touched by this film and didn't think that that's what would would happen when we sort of got, oh let's put this sort of comedy comedy film on yeah. one friday night sort of thing um i love also the soundtrack 
and I listen to the soundtrack quite a lot. Um, yeah, it's it's one that's constantly on repeat for me. I mean, Andy Samberg is someone who I first found doing daft little internet videos in the mid-2000s. And then I followed his career through him joining the cast of Saturday Night Live and then leaving the cast of Saturday Night Live. Um, I really, really want to show you like um, Hot Rod, one of his films mm-hmm. from early on in his career, okay. um, because you, I mean, I this is a certain type of film, but yeah. you also you also really enjoy Pop Star, Never Stop, Never Stopping, and like I should hate that film, but yeah. I also really like all of his incredibly rude and explicit videos, like they're like parodies of of songs or song types, don't they? Yeah. Which I'm not going to go into on this podcast, but some of them, very, very suspect titles, very, very explicit lyrics, but the funniest things that I have ever, ever listened to and things that you will often just sort of like sing a, sing a line to me um, when thankfully no one else is around just to make me laugh. I did it this morning mm-hmm. with... Um... Our son likes to throw things on the ground, mm-hmm. and he had his band, The Lonely Island, with two of his friends who became sort of writers on Saturday Night Live the same time he joined. Um, have a song called "Throw It on the Ground." So that whenever I'm playing with Blake and he's throwing stuff on the ground and finding it hilarious, that's what goes through my head. So yeah, I found myself humming that, and then put on the video while you were trying to talk to me and you got angry. Oh, is that what happened? Yes. Ah. Yeah. But yeah, I think Andy Samberg. You, 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 if you saw sort of pop star never stop, stop, never stop, never stop, never stopping. Thank you. If you saw that, you and you saw maybe some of the videos, you might think, Oh, I don't think I can take much of him. I think it's a different performance in this film. You yeah. see flashes, I think you see flashes of that, that comedic energy and that sort of that, that manicness, mm. but I think there's a, there's a melancholy to it and there's a thoughtfulness to it that I hadn't seen in the other performances. And I really found myself think, wow, is, this is quite an introspective performance from, from Sandberg, which I really enjoyed. Absolutely. It's available to watch as part of your Amazon Prime subscription. Mm. Amazon and not as sponsor of this show. They but certainly are. If, but hello. If Jeff Bezos wants to subscribe um wants to sponsor us, we've got very reasonable rates and <laughs> I reckon he won't notice a few million if we, if we if we bump up the price a little bit. Um then we can do this full time and Oh that'd uh, be nice. Yeah, yeah. Oh the dream. Yeah. Oh the dream. Oh Jeff, get in touch. <laughs> at the at the honeymoon pod. <laughs> can you imagine? Yeah. Um yeah uh, I think it's right. There's a reason this has become our favourite film. Um, yeah. And yeah. It might, you know what? I'm thinking it might, you know, when you get to the end of the decade, I think it might, not that I think we'll be doing this in, you know, eight years' time, but. I it, will. I know you I found probably, someone you better to well. do it with. <laughs> Thank, oh, thanks so much. <laughs> thanks so much. The. Um, I I'm, I think it might be up there as my, my film of the decade. I wouldn't be surprised, is what I'm saying, that if we get to the end of this. Uh, this, I can't think of another word for decade. Ten years. At the end of this ten years, then it might be quite high up there. Well, don't make that judgment until you've seen Free Guy and Malibu. Oh, well, yeah, no. But I, I, I will hold on. <laughs> right. Well, top ten of TV. Sorry, not TV. Top ten of film. Yes. All, all done. All done? Yeah. That, we, that did go better than we thought. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a nice mix of... Yeah. I think it's interesting that... Was it four films that we've got on the same list? I don't know, hon. I didn't even know where we were in terms of the numbering. That's fair enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I think we've... I, I 
understand everything that's in your list that mm-hmm. I've seen and haven't done. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's anything that you've seen that's on my list that so I think my list is probably better than yours. Oh, is this uh, what this yeah. is working? I'm saying, yeah. where are you going with this? Yeah, yeah. But that's what you're doing. Yeah, stronger, I'm sure it is. I watch a I lot mean, more films than you, to got, be fair. It's so. got Malignant on it, so you yeah. know, that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah. makes yeah. it a very special list in many ways. <laughs> makes it unique. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, well yeah. done you. Yes. So we're going to be back um, in a few days, stroke a week, stroke when we get <laughs> so a chance. when we get a chance. Yeah, because we're coming to the end of our Christmas vacation. Um so we'll be back at some point with our TV shows of the year, mm-hmm. and then we've and got then we've our got very all special. The... Oh, we have got a very special, haven't we? We've got a very special. We didn't realise this until the other day. Hundredth show. Hundredth episode. We've we've booked out um, the Royal Albert Hall. <laughs> of course we have. Uh, we do a live show. We're taking a uh, taking taking things from my dad wrote a porno, <laughs> um, and tickets will be available shortly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. 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 Oh, I, I mean, I would love to, but. You know, there's a lot of editing goes into this podcast. If people saw us actually doing it live, I think you know, the uh, the glamour and the 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 wonder would be gone. It's like me, I'm a Neil Workman. That's true. Yeah, hundred pound a ticket. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Made our money back. I, I don't. I think it costs significantly more oh, than two hundred pounds it... oh, to hire the Royal oh, Albert okay. Hall, honey. Well, maybe I might be having a bit of a quiet time at the moment. <laughs> Yes, so we will be back. We'll be back with TV. We'll be back with... We're going to do Christmas... The things we've watched over Christmas and, and yes. New Year. And that will be our 100th, won't it? Our Maybe. 100th. Well, we, we're trying to... Yeah, here we are having editorial conversations on the podcast again. But yeah, we were trying to think, what should we do for our 100th episode? So Maybe we should do something special around it. Maybe we should watch you the know? entire series as Justified and then we'll oh, talk about it. Oh, yes. Oh, sorry, are you going to mention The Expanse or anything else? You know, just ticking off all the all pod- podcast bingo? The okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Uh, there's there's live episodes coming through, and I'm um, I'm just taking a little rest. I, I watched too much, as I realised, to get up to speed, and then uh, I'm waiting for them all to be out so I can binge them. Okay, off we go. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening to this ramshackle episode of a <laughs> of a podcast. You can find us on Twitter or Instagram at the Honeymoon Pod. And if you would like to leave us a review, you can do so on iTunes. And you can also drop a rating on Spotify now. So drop a rating. Drop a rating. I believe that's what the kids it's say. It's what the kids are I'm saying. So if you'd like to give us a five-star rating, please, then you can do so on Spotify. So we'll see you next time. I'm up in the